Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. just our last message for January of the year 2021. So we have done one out of 11, out of 12. So we have 11 months remaining. So our theme for the year is what? Come on, say. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. So the, the reason why we do this is we want, this is our prophetic word and this is our focus for the for the rest of the year. This is what we organize our lives, the church, everything around. It's about bringing heaven to the earth. And the scripture is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, which says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So we want to see God's will done. We want to see heaven manifest on the earth. In the city of Chicago, in our homes, in our nation, in our generation, we want to see heaven, and we want to also spread heaven on earth. So we, it's a year of the kingdom of God. And so we started January with the theme, renew, renew. We say that before we go into the rest of the year, the first thing is that we need to make sure that we have a new wine skin to be able to receive the new wine that God is about to pour. So we talked about renewing of our spirits, of our souls, of our bodies, just, you know, renewing. You know, from Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Matthew 4, 17, the first message Jesus Christ preached about heaven on earth or about the kingdom of heaven on the earth in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. NIV, you know, because NLT just added of your sin. Jesus did not say of your sins. They, they are trying to make it, you know, to try to explain it to you. Jesus said, repent. Metanoa, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So, repent. That word is very loaded. The word, you know, as I've explained earlier, the word repent means to shift from one way of thinking to another. Like a total revolution, revolutionization of your thinking pattern to shift completely. So Jesus was saying, you've been thinking this way, you've been living this way, but because there's a new reality that is very close, there's a new reality that is close, heaven is close, you are going to need to shift to start thinking the heavenly thoughts. You're going to need to start shifting to think differently, to think differently. That's what he meant by repent. And then he went ahead and began to talk about all the radical shift that needs to take place, which we call the beatitude, you know, the kind of attitudes that we need to have to be able to live in the kingdom, the kind of changes that need to take place in our heart, in, in our condition. Then he goes on to talk about the way they th- thought before and the way we're supposed to think right now as kingdom citizens. He preached that sermon on the mountain, telling us 
This is how you're going to change. And then he gave us some of the tools of transformation. He told us about the word. He told us about fasting. He told us about prayer. He told us about giving. He told us about all these things, you know, about, you know, having a, a single high. He talked about this thing, you know, not, uh, not keeping our minds on, on worry and the things of this world and concern, but that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us. So Jesus was talking about a complete shift in our thinking, a complete change, you know, from our, from our focus on one realm to another realm, you know, focus on the earthly realm to the heavenly realm, a complete shift. He was talking about a mind and a heart revolution, a mind and what? And a heart revolution, a mind and a heart revolution was what he was talking about in that place. That's what repentance is, a mind and a heart revolution. Hallelujah. So it's a mind and a heart revolution. So we have been focusing on that renew, renew, renew in the month of January. And I want to preach, you know, my final message on that for this month. And today I'm, I'm speaking about an aspect of renewal that the Bible really emphasized so much, which is going to launch us into all the other things that we're going to be doing this year. My, the title of my message today is Thinking Heavenly Thoughts. Everybody say, Thinking Heavenly Thoughts. Thinking what? Thinking Heavenly Thoughts. Thinking Heavenly Thoughts. There is no way, um, according to what Jesus said here, and according to you know, just the rest of the Bible, there is no way we're going to be able to enjoy heaven on the earth and live heaven on earth until we elevate our thoughts to the heavenly kind of thinking. You'd be surprised. I mean, I'm sure you're not surprised that we have been conditioned to think like hurtlings. We have been conditioned to think worldly, the worldly way, the hurtly way. And so we remain moored to this world. We, may, we remain anchored to this world. But God is asking us to go on an adventure this year He's asking us to go on an adventure of heavenly thinking. Amen. Amen. You know, he wants, he, wants to, he wants us to float. You guys get it? Like, he wants to remove the, the mooring, the anchoring, and then you start to live in the heavenly lifestyle. So to be able to do that, we have to unleash ourselves from earthly thinking. We have, we have to deal with our thinking. We have to deal with our thinking. We cannot think like the world and expect to, to live differently or, ex, or expect something different. We can't do that. So the biggest issue with believers is not that we are not heavenly or we are incapable of living the heavenly lifestyle. I think our biggest issues, according to the New Testament, is that we think earthly thoughts. We think earthly thoughts. And that's why there are so many scriptures that tells, that tells us to elevate our thinking. So we want to start moving into that. You know, next month we're going to be talking about our thoughts as it comes to relationships. And then the month after we're going to be talking about other kind of thoughts. So we're going to be digging into heavenly thinking. But today is more like an introduction into what we're going to be doing as we move into the next month of this year. To unmoor ourselves from this earthly flow, thinking, and to start thinking above the world. So I'm going to be speaking on three subheadings today, very quickly. The first one, I'm going to be talking about the call to heavenly thinking. And then I'm going to talk, um, number two, I'll talk about the characteristics of heavenly thinking. And finally, 
I'll talk about uh, the cultivation of heavenly thinking. So I want to first of all start about the call, uh, talking about the call to heavenly thinking. So we're going to be looking at it and see, you know, absolutely that, you know, God's word calls us to just a new kind of thinking. So are you guys ready for that? Come on, can I get a witness from the auditorium and those who are watching? All right, so let's talk about the call to heavenly thinking, the call to heavenly thinking. So we go through scriptures from Old Testament to New Testament. We see God speaking about our thoughts, speaking about our thoughts. One of the most, um, like, striking one is Isaiah Isaiah chapter 55, uh, starting from verse 6. So Isaiah 55 from verse 6, God you know, has been speaking to Israel. Then he goes to this place and God says, you know, Isaiah speaking, you know, was speaking, God was speaking to Isaiah. He says, seek the Lord while you can find him. He said, call upon him while he is near. Everybody say the kingdom of God is near. So is is this the time to call on God? God's kingdom is near. He said, call upon him while he is near. Then verse 7 says, let the wicked change there are ways. So everybody say ways. So there are two things. There are two things. There are ways and there are thoughts. Do you get what I'm saying? Ways and what? And thoughts. Ways are how you do stuff, like your method of doing things. That's what ways are, right? But at the, at the foundation of our ways, our lifestyle, the way we do stuff, the foundations are our thoughts. So listen, I can tell you now that the way you live is basically an outflow of the way you think. Right. You understand? The way you live is, an, is, is, is a reflection of the way you think. Your life is a reflection of your thoughts. Just like God's ways. God's ways. You see, look at, you know, we're going to see later, look at the whole universe and beyond, just how vast, how wise, how beautiful. Everything is a reflection of the way God thinks. You understand? Is a reflection of the way you think. So your life is also a reflection of the way you think. And they, listen, it is not every thought that is right. It's not every thought that you should think. There are some wicked thoughts. Now, when people see wicked, you know, when they see wicked, that's one of those strong words in the Bible that people, repel, you know, they, 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 how do I say recoil from when they read it. But the word wicked there actually means, the word in English means twisted. Everybody say twisted. You know, you know do, how many of you know in a candle, what, you know, those of you that have used the lanterns or candles or whatever before, you know, what do they call that thing that goes into the oil? You guys, you guys, what do, what do you call it? Wick. It's called wick, right? That thing that, you know, entangles together that, you, that, that actually, you know, burns the flame. It's called wick. You know, because it's twisted and twisted and twisted. So whenever the Bible, you know, uses the word wicked, it's talking about twisted, not straight, in a sense, not straight, not in alignment, in a sense, not in alignment with God. So it is possible for Christians to have twisted thoughts too, to have wicked thoughts or twisted thoughts, even though we're not wicked in our nature, Right, but you know it's possible for us to have twisted thoughts, and that's why the Bible keeps telling us it's time to change our thoughts, to change our thoughts. So He said, "Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Banish the very thought 
of doing wrong. You know, a translation says, let the, and the unrighteous man is thoughts. Is thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord. Everybody say, repent. Remember what, what repent is, right? A radical change. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God and he will forgive generously. And how many of you are glad that God forgives generously? So no matter how we have been thinking before now, understand that when you make the change, God, God forgives you generously. God just wipes everything away and gives you a brand new slate. So I'm asking everybody to just ask for a brand new way, a brand new slate of thinking in the year of 2021. Can I get an amen? amen. So now why? So God goes on to explain in verse 8. He said, why? He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Now, listen, before we go ahead, if we said that our ways and our lives are a reflection of your thoughts, when God says, my thoughts, that I also have thoughts, what, what, what can we deduce from there? We can deduce from it that even God's ways and God's lifestyle, the heavenly lifestyle, the kind of things that surround God is based on his what? His own thoughts. Is that clear? So God is God because of the way you, he thinks, right? So he's, he just thinks in a different way. Somebody said when God says water, you know, we think of a cup of water, but he thinks of oceans and you know, wherever, on all the oceans on the earth, and maybe there are some oceans in the universe also. That's what he thinks about. His thoughts are so, they are so wide and just, you know, on another level. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways, the reason why his ways are far beyond anything that we can imagine it's because his thoughts is far above our thoughts. That's what he's saying. Because I think differently, my ways are also different. Man, how many of you know that God, you know, sometimes we think, oh, this is what I, I'm really praying to God for. I was praying about it in this, you know, when I was preparing for this and I'm praying for this year, that God will help us to be able to, to rise up to his level of thinking. He's saying that they are, the way I think about your life, the way I think about things, is beyond what you can imagine. In other words, God has some amazing thoughts concerning you. Amen. What you are thinking about yourself right now, what you are thinking about your life right now, what you are thinking about 2021 right now, what you are thinking about your finances, your marriage, your relationship, your career, your life, and all that, listen, Every one of those things is nothing compared to what God is thinking. Amen. Your wildest dreams do not even measure up to God's baseline of dreaming for you. I'm talking about the base, the bottom of God's thinking for you. Your wildest dreams don't even match up with it. So, you know, when, 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 you say, when, you, when, you, when you say something that God gives to you, from the word of God and all that. And people tell you that's impossible. Nobody has ever done that before. You know, that whatever. You need to start telling them and saying that if I can think it, it means that God has surpassed. God has thought even much more than that. Amen. Because the Bible says in, uh, in Ephesians 3.20 that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that we can ask or imagine according to his power that works in us infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. God's thoughts are beyond 
Our thoughts, God's thoughts for you are amazing, stupendous, beautiful. I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. What I'm thinking about your future, what I'm thinking about you is far beyond what you are thinking right now. Maybe there's a project that God gives you to do right now. You're thinking on one level. You're like, this is impossible. This is impossible. God is saying, ah, 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 ah. There's no impossible in my dictionary. I have already gone far beyond that. The fact that you are thinking, you are just at the baseline. You are not even there. You are not even there yet. Hallelujah. Expand your mind. Expand your mind to heavenly thinking. Don't let limitations. Don't let anybody limit you. Don't let anybody tell you or even yourself tell yourself it is impossible. It cannot be done. Nobody has ever done it before. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just too much. That's just too costly. That's just too expensive. That's going to take a lifetime. Nobody in my family has ever done that. Nobody has ever done that. I'm telling you that that is the, that's the realm that God wants us to move into in 2021. The realm of nobody has ever done it. The realm of it is impossible to man. The realm of Oh, I just can't do it by myself. That's the realm that God is calling you to move into in 2021. The realm of the impossibility of man. Because with God, with man it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, raise up your thinking. Raise up your thinking. Raise up your thinking. Ask the Holy Spirit to take your thinking to another level. Where you can start thinking at the frequency of God concerning you. Amen. Woo! Dreaming God. Because God is able to do far more than you can ask or imagine. So let's go back to Isaiah 55. It says, look at it. It says, verse 9. We're talking about heaven on earth. It said, just as the heavens are higher, higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So he's saying that, Listen, there, is, there are heavenly thoughts and they are on another dimension. Now, you, there are your thoughts, your own thoughts, which are much below, so much below the way I think. Now, people stop here and they conclude that, oh, yeah, you know, when God says, you know, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my, head, my ways are higher than your ways, then we are, then we are stuck. This is not a statement from God to say, I think this way and you can never think that way. That contradicts the rest of scripture. The rest of scripture, and even, you know, here, the context is telling us that my, you know, it's already started that you should forsake your thoughts, you should forsake your ways, you know, because my ways are higher than yours. What he's saying there is that he's calling us, it's a call, amen. Ever say the call. It's a call to heavenly thinking. Ever say a call to heavenly thinking. God is saying, you know, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher, but I want you to start chasing after my thoughts. Do you get what I'm saying? I may not be able to catch it to the very, very, very level that it can think, but I want to spend my life digging into it, seeking into it, going on an adventure into the thinking of God, into the thoughts of God, exploring the thoughts of God. Lord, what do you think about me? What do you think about my future? What do you think about the world? What do you think about the future? What do you think about this and about that, about this situation, about my nation, about everything that I confront? What do you think about my generation? What are you thinking about my children? What are you thinking about my grandchildren? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I want to go on an adventure into the thoughts of God. Yes. Hallelujah. And listen, as we begin to immerse ourselves 
in the thoughts of God and just go on that adventure, our thoughts start to rise and rise and rise and rise and rise. And naturally, our ways, right? Our ways, our methods, our approaches to life and the things we do, we also start rising. You know, to that level. And before you know it, people will look at you and they will say, well, this guy is not living, or this lady is not living an earthly lifestyle. This person is living a heavenly lifestyle because your thoughts have elevated you. Why? Have elevated your ways, your method. They can't comprehend you. Hallelujah. They can't comprehend why you do things or how you do things. They just don't understand. Why does he live that way? Why does he do that? And why? What is the reason behind all these things? Why? Why does he live in a countercultural way? You know, why everybody is thinking this way, but he's thinking, she's thinking this way. Everybody is trying to do things, but he's doing this way. And then they look at him and they see the result of what you are doing. Wisdom is justified by our children. You understand? Because when you start living the heavenly lifestyle, you start expressing the heavenly results. Hallelujah. That's what God is calling. He's calling us. This is a call to radical thinking. Everybody say a call to radical thinking. A call to radical thinking. A call to start thinking at the frequency of heaven. In hallelujah, a call to start thinking at the frequency of heaven. We also see, uh, let's look at some of the passages of scripture. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors. Everybody say ways. Right? Behaviors is what? Ways, right? And customs. That's the methods that this world uses to do stuff. The method that they use to run their lives and to, you know, to do things, you know, day to day. He said, don't copy. Don't Xerox. Don't copy the world. I would say, don't copy the world. You understand? The tendency, the first tendency is to cut and paste. Right? You just cut <laughs> What you see, you know, people that are around you doing, what they are talking about in the news, what they are, you know, and all that, you cut it and you paste it into your own life and you start conforming. Do you get what I'm saying? You start living that way. The things you read, the movies you watch, and you start living that way. He said, don't copy that. Don't copy what the world is showing you. Don't copy it. In fact, many of those things that we even learn, you know, that we learn from the past, some of these things that they are called natural wisdom, earthly wisdom, and, you know, uh, you know, don't bite more than you can chew. Those things sound very, very wise, but one thing I've learned is that to work with God, you have to bite more than you can chew. I mean, if I was to follow, don't bite more than you can chew. I'm, I'm not going to be in this place. I'll still be chewing the things that, you know, only the, th- <laughs> the things that are very convenient. No, bite more than you can chew. You chew what you can chew, and God will help you chew the rest. Do you get it? <laughs> and that's the new, the updated version, right? Yeah. Bite more than you can chew. Chew the one that you can, and God will help you chew the rest. It's a selfish way of thinking. You just want to chew. Bite more than you can chew so that you can get other people to help you chew too. Yeah. <laughs> you got it? You know, you want to just do, people want to just do things that only they can do. God has not called you to do anything that only you can do. Otherwise, God would have created, created just man. But he created man, created woman, and said, be fruitful, multiply. He said, it's not good for the man to be alone. One is too, is too small a number to achieve significance. God has never called you to do something that only you can do. God has called you to do things that you have to get other people to do with you. God started teamwork from the very beginning. Let us make man in our hour. First of all, he as a team said, our image. And then he said, let them have dominion. Them, teamwork. 
have to be let them. God has not called you to just do something alone. Not if you are thinking of doing things that only you can do. If you are thinking of having money that is only that is that's you know that um, you know is only uh, what do you call it beneficial to you and your family, or you are thinking of doing things that only you can do. You are not thinking the level of God. The level of God is beyond you. It's beyond you. God wants you to become a team. He called Abraham. He said, I've called you to become a great nation, a great nation, a great nation. God is calling you to multiplication. God is calling you to impact. Change your thinking. Bite more than you can chew. And then let God help you chew the rest. And get other people to chew with you. So, you know, we have all those, you know, all those things that we call, we call wisdom. I have a lot of them, but I, you know, you know maybe we'll, we'll get into it later. That we, we, we call wisdom. And, oh, yeah, you know, and all that. No, they are this worldly wisdom. But they are not, it's, they are not, ne- not necessarily heavenly wisdom. The only way we are going to get into heavenly wisdom is when we begin to renew our minds. Everybody say, renew our minds. He said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. If your marriage, if your relationship, your ministry, whatever it is, is, being, is what you are copying from Hollywood or what you are copying you know, from um, you know, the, 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 the world system, it can never reflect fully the glory of God because you were not supposed to be copying the world we're supposed to be copying the kingdom. I ever say copying the kingdom, living out the kingdom, not the world. So you have to find out what God says about everything. I'm going to talk about that shortly. You're going to have to talk, find out what God is saying about everything. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. What are you copying? What is in your life that you photocopied and you are living right now? You photocopied it from the past. You photocopied it from, you know, you know some people that, you, that love you, that taught you that. From, you know, and they, they, those things are still dictating your life. But it says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does God transform us? Everybody, how does God transform us? What, how does he transform us? According to that, by what? Changing the way we think. Transformation comes when your thinking changes. You know, we think transformation comes when, you know, something physical just happens. Say, oh, I was in that meeting and then I just got transformed. No, transformation comes when you start thinking differently. When you start thinking differently. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But now that, you know, I am grown he said, I put away childish things. You know, that was, I'm now thinking, I'm now thinking like an adult. I mean, can you imagine you at the age of uh, 30-something, you are still thinking like your, uh, like to your 12-year-old or like your 6-year-old. You know, no children, the way they think, they think because they are children. You can't, like somebody said, you cannot screw grown-up heads on children. You just have to grow into it. <laughs> you know, so they have, children have to think that way. You know, think selfishly, they think all those kind of stuff, me, 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 me. But when you are older, you need to get rid of selfish thinking. You need to get rid of certain things. So God is saying in this place that we need, we need to allow him to transform us by changing the way we think. The word used for transform here is the word metamorpho in the Greek, where we get the word metamorphosis. 
Metamorphosis, you know, is used most um, popularly in biology when, you know, animals or, you know, what do you call it, in the animal kingdom, when they go from one, one uh, what do you call it, state to another, one phase to another in their transformation. So you have the egg, you have the larva, and then you have the, you know, pupa, right? You know, the adults and all that. So like a, a butterfly, first of all, comes as a egg, then it becomes a butterfly, very ugly, and then it goes into, a, 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 you know, it dies, actually. You know, and then a new thing emerges called the butterfly. That, that thing is called metamorphosis. So God is also saying that we too, we can experience metamorphosis, right? You can die to your whole thinking and emerge a new person. You can die to 2020 thinking, and then you come out with 2021 thinking. You can become a totally new person, you know, by, by changing your thinking. But you're going to have to let go of the old way of thinking. So that's the word used in that place, metamorpho. So God is talking about a metamorphosis of the mind and a metamorphosis of our life. You know, I'm declaring over everybody watching me right now, both in here and those who are watching me online, that this year you are going to experience metamorphosis in your life. You are going to experience a metamorphosis of your thinking, a metamorphosis of your entire life, of your ways, of your behaviors, of the way you do things, of the way you handle things. You are going to begin to live the heavenly lifestyle because you are going to be thinking the heavenly thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we change our thoughts, we fulfill Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. I'm going to be, remember our theme for this year. What is it? What, what is it? What? May your kingdom come and what your what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now go back, you know, to Romans, as, uh, Romans chapter 12. Look at it. He said, you will learn to know God's will for you which is good, pleasant, and perfect. So in other words, you will be able to do it. You'll be able to know the will and do it. So the way you are going to be able to bring the will of God on the earth is when you begin to adjust your thoughts to the thoughts of God. You get it? So it, this is how the will of God will be done on the earth when we raise our thoughts to the God kind of thinking. So God is calling us to heavenly thinking. Let me read one more pa passage of the call, my first point, the call, you know, to heavenly thinking. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, starting from verse 1 and verse 2. We'll, we'll be looking at this, you know, a little bit later, but I just want to say this is one of the call for thinking. Look at it. It says, since you have been raised to new life in, with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Everybody say realities of heaven. Set your sight. How do you set your sight? Your thinking, your thought, your imagination on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Think about the things of heaven. So there are things of heaven and there are things of the earth. And we're being expressly called and commanded here that we should make heavenly things our thoughts. We should make heavenly things our thoughts. I'm going to explain that passage a little bit more when I get to my third point. But the, what I wanted to pass across to you in this first point is that we are being called to a higher level of thinking. We are being called to think higher than this world. We're being called to think differently. We've been called 
to new level of thinking. And this renewal of our thinking is how the will of God will be done on the earth and heaven will be made manifest in our lives. Is that clear to everybody? Point number two, the characteristics of heavenly thinking. So, so what does, since we've been called to heavenly thinking, what does heavenly thinking look like? What does it feel like? Say, Pastor Lan, you're telling me right now that I should think heavenly things. How do I do heavenly thinking? I should have heavenly thinking. How do I do it? Do I start thinking about heaven? So I say, oh yeah, Jesus is seated there at the right hand. Let me try and imagine Jesus. Okay. Angels are bowing down. That's your head in the cloud. <laughs> That's putting your head in the cloud. That's not practical heavenly thinking. You understand? I mean, it might benefit you read some revelation and see how heaven is designed and all those things. But when the Bible talks about heavenly thinking, it's talking about more practical stuff than that. Than just dreaming and putting your heads in the clouds. So what does heavenly thinking look like? I'll just give you some characteristics. There's a lot more in the Bible. But the first thing uh, about heavenly thinking is that it is different. Everybody say different. different. In other words, when you talk about heavenly thinking, you are comparing it to another one, earthly thinking. It is different. It is different. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus referred to that. So when Jesus talked about the fact that he was going to be crucified and, and all that, you know, he had just finished talking to Peter, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, so that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And then he began to talk about how that was going to happen. He was going to Peter called him to the side and began to rebuke him. Peter began to rebuke him, Lord, you can't do that. You're not dying. You're not doing all that. So Jesus turned to him and said, Peter, I mean, look at how Jesus, Jesus turned from, within three verses, <laughs> Peter turned from revelation, right? You know, he was the one that got revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. You know, this and this and that. Peter turned from receiving from God to start, to start receiving from the flesh. Peter turned from heavenly thinking to earthly thinking within three verses in the same interaction. And then Jesus turned from saying, Peter, wow, you got it, to rebuking him and calling and saying, you are Satan. Get you see how, you know, how we can vacillate between two, you know, heavenly and earthly. We have to be careful. The fact that you were thinking heavenly about something yesterday does not mean you are still thinking heavenly about it right now. The fact that you are thinking heavenly about something right doesn't mean you are, going to con- you are going to continue thinking about it in a heavenly way next week. We have to maintain it. Everybody say, we have to maintain it. Amen. And, you know, trust the Holy Spirit. When you think heavenly, it will commend you. And because it's, you know, it's representing Jesus right now. And if you think earthly, it will rebuke you. It will rebuke you. In other words, we can, as Christians, we can allow satanic thoughts to get into our minds if we are not careful. So we have to guard our hearts with our diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. We have to watch it. So look at what God, you know, what he told Peter. Uh, I love um, what they call it, the ESV, because I love the way he says it. You know, this one's, you know, this one's using sin, but the ESV says, I think, he said, he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your minds on the things of God but on the things of man. So Jesus tells us two things there that you can set your minds on. The things of God and the things of man. 
or the heavenly things and the earthly things. In John chapter 3, he talks about that too, you know. He said, if I've told you things that are earthly. When he was talking to, uh, you know, uh, what is his name? Nicodemus. He said, if I've told you things that are earthly, right, and you are still, you are like this. What if I start telling you of heavenly things? How you, what are you going to do, you know? So Jesus was saying that there are things that are earthly and there are things that are heavenly. So heavenly thinking, the first characteristic about it is that it is different. When you start thinking heavenly thoughts, you start finding yourself going at odds with those who think earthly. That's one of the ways you begin to know that your thinking is changing. Your friends start calling you a fanatic. Your family members start saying that, you know, why don't you do this? 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 Or your, you know, people that see you, they start noticing something different about you. Heavenly thinking is different. When the whole world is going in this direction, you are going in another direction. Amen. Because you are found, not just because you are a contrarian. You know, some people are just contrarian. They just want to, anytime people are going this way, they want to, you know, confront it. No, we're not talking about contrarianism from yourself. We're, you know, we're talking about you thinking differently because you found something, you know, in God's world. And you just discover that it is, you are doing your life differently. Our lives are supposed to be different from the world. Heavenly thinking makes us different. When everybody is thinking of doing it this way, you are thinking of doing it the other way. I mean, look at what is happening in the world right now. People are living in fear. But heavenly thinkers do not live in fear. You don't, you know, there is what is, there's the reality of what is going on, coronavirus and the consternation of the nations and all these things that are going on. But you already know in the Bible, the Bible says we are of this, we're in this world, but we are not of this world. The Bible already says that we're seated in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. The Bible already tells us right now that in this world we shall have tribulation, but be of good cheers because I have overcome the world. The Bible already told us that no evil shall befall you and no plague shall come near your dwelling place. You know, there is a, it, it, you, know you cannot live in fear like the world fears. You know, remember that scripture in Isaiah? If you can let me find it, you know, in the KJV it says, it says, do not say a confederacy, you know, to what they say a confederacy, and do not fear their fear. You know, that what he was saying is that don't, don't, don't get caught up in what the world is afraid about. You know, what they are worried about. He said, let God be your own fear. Let only God be your own, and let him be your rock. Let the most High be your rock. Amen. Instead of you always saying, yes, I do not say a conspiracy concerning what all these people call a conspiracy or be afraid of their threats or be troubled. Verse, verse 13, verse 13, verse 13. He said, don't, don't, don't get caught up in all their conspiracies and all that. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Let him be your dread. Let's see how the NLT says both of them. Let's see how the NLT says both, both of them. You know, he said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Verse, verse 13, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. Is the one you should fear. Is the one you should, that should make you tremble. Verse 14, then it will be a sanctuary for you. He will keep you safe. Everybody say, God will keep you safe. You know, we said it from the very beginning of the pandemic. We said we're not going to stop anything that God tells us to do. We walk in wisdom and all that. I will not allow corona, fear of coronavirus to stop me from going anywhere or doing what God tells me to do. I, do not, I don't live that way. I will not live that way. I will have lost my, I will have lost my uh, what do you call it, my integrity for me to be preaching to people, not to be afraid, and then I'm 
in my house and there are things that need to be done. I say, I cannot go. No, I cannot do that. You go to it. No, we're not going to do that. But the thing is that when you make up your mind that you're not going to be afraid, you're going to do that, he said it will keep you safe. Everybody say it will keep you safe. It will be a stone that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, it will be a trap and a snare. He said it will protect you. It will keep you. The most important thing is for you to, to make sure that you are in the will of God. The safest thing, the safest place to be on this earth is in the center of the will of God. It is not behind a mask. And I do wear masks. Amen? Amen. And I just took off my mask right now. I have it right here. So I'm not saying don't wear a mask. But I'm saying your safest place is not behind a mask. I heard about somebody that wore two masks and caught coronavirus. Two masks every time. I still caught it. I see. You already caught a lot of people. I heard about people that stayed at home, that have never gone anywhere. You understand? And they caught it. There are people that, you know, they said the truth. They just saw the, the Brazilian, whatever. And these people have no travel connection. And they have the one from Brazil, Brazil and the one from England. So what I'm telling you is that we do all the natural things, right? You know, we do all those things. We don't tempt God. Amen. We don't tempt God. We wear masks. We do all that. But don't put your trust in all those things. Don't put your trust in all those things. Put your trust in the Lord. And if God says, go and do something, go ahead and go right ahead and do it. Because it's going to protect you. It is, th- the dif- it is different. It's different thinking. Different thinking. Heavenly thinking is different. It's different. People are going in. They don't do this. No. God says, do it. People are saying, oh, do this. And God says, don't do it that way. Do it this way. It is different. You are going to have to think differently than your friends. Think differently than your family. Especially if you don't like the result or whatever. You're going to have to think differently than the world, than the community, and all that. You have to think differently because we're supposed to bring in a heavenly flavor. A heavenly flavor to our city, to our, life, to our neighbor. We're supposed to bring the heavenly flavor. If we're thinking like them, how can you bring a heavenly flavor? Number two, it is God-focused. Heavenly thinking is God-focused. So in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, it says you know, you will keep, in, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Or whose thoughts are fixed on you. Heavenly thinking is thinking that is fixed on God. Your thoughts are fixed on God. You know what? Every situation, no matter what is going on, no matter what is happening, what you, the way you are thinking about it is from a God worldview. It's from a God perspective. What will God think about this? What does God think about this situation? What does God want me to do about this situation? Your eyes are fixed on God. Oh, a lot of things are happening. You know, remember, remember Psalm 113 says, talking about the man, the good man who follows God. He said something. He said, he said, he will not be afraid of evil tidings because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. He will not be afraid of bad news because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. So the, 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 the heavenly thinking is heavenly, fo- is heavenly fixed thinking. You always look at everything from God's perspective. What is Jesus thinking about the world right now? What is God thinking about coronavirus? How does God think about it? What is God thinking about this year? What is God thinking about my finances? What are God's thought about it? You are focused on God. You are focused on God. Heavenly thinking is thinking that is focused on God. Because of time number three, heavenly thinking Heavenly thinking is Christ-like. Everybody say Christ-like. 
So this is so wonderful. Um, you know, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Or you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Everybody say, I must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. So, when you're talking about thinking heavenly thoughts, we're going to delve into this thing more. When you're talking about thoughts, we're talking about finding how Christ thought about things when he was on the earth. Amen. You ask yourself a question. If Jesus Christ was on the earth right now and there was a pandemic, how would Jesus think? And how would Jesus act? Oh, you say, well, but I can't see in the Bible that there was a pandemic when he was... When he was on the earth, well, there was a, there's always been a pandemic of sin, but Jesus Christ was in this world, and he thought it's anyway. There was a time they were on the boat, and there was a dangerous wind that was supposed to, that would have killed all of them. How did Jesus think in such a situation? How did he think? There were people that were afraid. Master, 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 master. Oh, master, 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 we're going to die. And Jesus rose up and looked at them. First of all, he spoke to the wind. In other words, how does Jesus think? Jesus thinks dominion. He thinks control. Amen. He does not, he does not get flustered by what is happening in the world. He, he, he superimposes the supernatural upon what is going on in the world. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but, but the people that were afraid, he told them, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? You know, we need to ask some believers now. We need to ask some believers. You understand? I mean, some of you are watching me right now. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Coronavirus has exposed some, some of us has exposed our weak faith. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know. I just, you know, I am just, you know, I just have to, you know, and they, it's, you know, it's, it's couched in being careful, but it is actually fear speaking. There's a difference between being careful and being fearful. You need to understand that. Being careful means that you are putting the limit, I mean, the natural things in place. You don't open your door for the thief to come in. You know, you don't go out in the cold, you know, without wearing something. You put on your mask. You do all this kind of stuff and all that. But you are not doing it in fear. You're just putting natural thing there. But there are some people that mingle fear with it, and they put that fear, and they call, and they call that fear, uh, you know, they call it being careful. No, you are just being fearful. You're just being fearful. If God tells me to be in a place where there are 100,000 people now, and I hear the voice of God say, go to that place and pray for them and preach, I will go there without being fearful because I know God is going to protect me. What if you lose your mask, you know, and you are standing there? What will you do? We say, hey! No! There's a difference. So I'm speaking to you. Heavenly thinking is to find out how will Christ think about things. And we have the New Testament to help us with that. We have the New Testament to help us with that. You know, one of the things God told me to do was to read, the, during the fast, was to read the New Testament, to just keep reading the New Testament, like to see how Christ thought about things. And I would just, the more I was meditating, and I was like, oh, look at Jesus Christ. Oh, this guy, man, sorry for using that word, you know, he's my Lord. This guy, man, he just thought differently. It was like Jesus Christ, the kind of life that he lived was just different from everybody, you know. He's either confronting the Pharisees and the way they are thinking, or he's comforting the poor. You know, he's like too extreme, you know, like bipolar, you know. I'm not saying, you know, he's like, he's, he's, he's there like so, so, in, you know, so caring to the poor, to the whatever. And then the, a Pharisee shows up and then, you know, the lion in me will just show up. You, you, it's like I was going through, I'm like, you know, I was just reading through. I was just seeing that pattern, you understand, and, you know, he... He, he just lived a life of, you know, control, of compassion, of, I mean, 
what, I mean, what an amazing example that we have. And the Bible tells us that we should have the same attitude, right? In this place, he was actually talking about the attitude of Christ when Christ left his glory and made himself of no reputation. He became humble. He humbled himself like a servant. Amen. So heavenly thinking is not just lofty thinking. Heavenly thinking is humble thinking. Everybody say humble thinking. Heavenly thinking is putting yourself where God puts you. Heavenly thinking is thinking of yourself the way you ought to think. Amen. The way you ought to think. That's what heavenly thinking is. Hallelujah. Paul said we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. It's a, it's a, it's a humble kind of a thinking. So it's Christ-like. It's a, it's a thinking that is humble. It's a thinking that is compassionate, that is focused, and we can find it you know, by you know, delving more into the attitude of Christ. Number, uh, the next one, it is biblical. Heavenly thinking is biblical. Everybody say biblical. So, meaning that to think heavenly, we have to get into the word. Everybody say get into the word. You know, Psalm 1 from verse 1. Blessed is the man that, uh, or they say, blessed is the man that does not dwell in the counsel of the ungodly, who delights in the law of the Lord. You know, I'll start from verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of his comfort, nor stand in the way of sinners, you know, or joining with mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They say, it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Bring it forth his foot is zizzing, his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You'll prosper in all that they do. What is the difference about this guy? This guy, if you go to verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Heavenly thinking is biblical thinking. Heavenly thinking is word thinking. Think the way the word prescri- I mean, the way the word, uh, what do you call it? Think the word, basically. Heavenly thinking is thinking the word of God. Hallelujah. It's thinking the word of God. Amen. Heavenly thinking is thinking gospel. So to do that, we have to get into the word of God. We have to fill ourselves with the word of God, uh, which I'm going to conclude with. Amen. Heavenly thinking is precious. You know, I, you know that word precious, the way it's used in Psalm 1 verse 2, you know, I'm sorry, in Psalm 139 verse 17 uh, to 18, it says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. How precious they are. What he's talking about is that God's thoughts are so vast. They are so, you know, I already started talking about it. They are so huge. You can't even number them. So, in other words, anybody who is thinking, heavenly thinking, you are thinking abundant thinking. Everybody say abundant thinking. You know, there's scarcity thinking and there's what? Abundant thinking. Abundance thinking. Heavenly thinking is abundance thinking. Is thinking, don't think that things are not enough. Don't think that things, you know, cannot take place or things cannot happen. It, you think possibilities. You understand? You think possibilities. You think great things. You think, I mean, you think abundantly. You think like, you know, like there's more than enough for everybody. So I don't have to be struggling with somebody or competing with somebody. There's more than enough for all of us. It is precious. It's abundant. And finally, heavenly thinking is prescribed. It's, you know, prescribed. So there are certain uh, passages of scripture where God prescribes specifically the way we are supposed to, uh, to think. Uh, Philippians 4.8 is one of them. It says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are, um, what do you call it? It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, 
what is lovely, what is admirable. This, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So these are prescriptions of how you can think, and that's heavenly thinking. You know, when you, want, when you are thinking, think about, is this true? The word is true. Is this true? Don't think that everything that you're thinking is true, except you, you what do you call it? You try and use the word of God to challenge it. And let other people challenge your thoughts too. Because not everything that you're thinking is true. You know, there's a lot of lies that go on in the mind. The devil injects thought and, and all that. And you know, we think about it, we put stories around them and all that. It's not everything that is true. He said we should think on what is true. What is a lovely? What is a honorable? What is a right? What is pure? How do you think about people? How do you think about things? Is it pure? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it heavy thought? Is it light thought? Is it lovely? Do you think lovely thoughts? Do you think admirable thoughts? If your thoughts were broadcast to the whole world on this crane, will you be ashamed? Or will you be glad? That's what he's talking about there. And he says we can train ourselves. We think of things that are excellent. Things that are worthy of praise. So heavenly thinking... That's what heavenly thinking is about. And, you know, it's, it's, go, it's, you know, it's specific to different areas of life. But these are just some general characteristics of what heavenly thinking is. Let's go to my final point. How do you cultivate heavenly thinking? How do we cultivate heavenly thinking? So the cultivation of heavenly thinking. The cultivation. So I've talked about the first one uh, is the call to heavenly thinking. We've been called to think heavenly thoughts. And then, uh, number two, I talked about the characteristics of heavenly thinking. What does it look like? And then number three, now I want to talk about how do we cultivate heavenly thinking. Colossians chapter 3 that we read uh, from verse 1 actually gives us the the blueprint or the template for changing our thinking. You know, there are four um, words, imperative words, command words that were used in, I want the uh, NKJV, that were used in um, Colossians chapter 3. Four command words there. If you study very well, uh, the uh, NKJV please, uh, Colossians um, the first one there says seek. Everybody says seek. Say seek. So write down seek, everybody. Write down seek. How to cultivate heavenly thinking. It says seek those things which are above. Seek is the first word there. The second word is uh, in verse 2. Set. Verse 2. Set. It says set your mind. Set your mind on things above. Things on there. Everybody says seek, set. And then the third one, verse 5. Put, put, put to death. So get it, put to death. Put to death your members which are on the earth. So what he's saying here is that I'm calling you to heavenly thinking, right? But you guys know that your body is still going to be on the earth. You get it? So I'm calling you to heavenly thinking. You, are going to set, you have to seek, you have to set. But your body is still going to be on the earth. And so they will still try to, to do what? To do the, heavenly, the earthly stuff. 
right? So you have to do something to them. You have to put them to death. So we talked about fornication, uncleanliness. These are thoughts that become actions, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. Verse 6, he's still talking. There are, two, there are two aspects to put. There's the putting off and there's the putting on. So because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, in which yourself once walked when you lived in them. So that's not our lifestyle now. You know, even though you may be struggling with them right now, that, that, so that's not your destiny. Um, that's, that's not your nature. That's not your identity. Do you get it? It's just that the thoughts are the ones affecting you right now. It's time to renew the mind, to get the thoughts out of the way. But now you yourselves are to put off. So that's the first part of put. To put off this anger. Anger is thoughts. Anger is, you know, really, it's, it's based on certain thinking, the way you are thinking, and then you get angry, you get all the wrath, malice, is based on a way of thinking, blasphemy, filthy language, if your language is filthy, your thoughts are filthy, out of your mouth, so he's saying you got to put that off, do not lie to one another, lying is also a part, it's a, it's a way of thinking, you're thinking of consequences, I know that this will happen to me, if I, if I say the truth or whatever, since you have put off the old man, with his deeds. Then put, and you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. Renewal. Everybody say renewal again. Renewed in knowledge according to the image of him that created in verse 11. And then where there's, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythians, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. He continues on the put. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. So these are some kind of thinking pattern that we have to put on. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, like clothes, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. You see, the, the art transformation, the thinking transformation is telling us to put on. It told us to put off some things and to put on some things. And then the last one, uh, the last um, imperative or command word uh, that we have in the book of Colossians, talking about how to cultivate things, is let. You know, so it's about, oh, we'll go, go, go on to verse. So there's another, there's put, something you must put on again. But above all, this put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So we see, I've talked about three, right? Seek, what's the second one? Set, and what? Put. Put. Then the, the uh, and put is in putting off and putting on. And the final one is let. Everybody say, let. That's the third one. He said, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So, when you get to let, you know, so, you know, you know let, let, me, let, let me read it, and I'll quickly, I will just talk about uh, them. He said, let, again, the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So the first one, seek. Let me quickly, have uh, four minutes. The first one, seek, there, talks about the fact that for you to be able to think, to live the heavenly lifestyle, you have to know what the heavenly lifestyle consists of, right? 
So there is a seeking that is, in, that is involved. Seek first the kingdom of God. And it's right. In other words, begin to get into the word. Begin to look to see how does heaven think? How does Jesus think? So there's a seeking that we must do. There's a seeking. There's a search that we must search for what? For heavenly thinking. Right? Now, the second one, set. Now, one thing is for you to seek and to discover he- the way heaven thinks. Right? But you now need to condition yourself to start thinking that way. So you have to set your mind. The way you set your mind is through things like confessing the word, meditating on the word and saying, you know what? The devil brings this kind of thought and say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not thinking on that. I'm fixing my mind. I'm focusing on this thing. I've set up my, I've set my mind. I'm thinking heavenly thoughts in 2021. I'm, think, I'm not thinking about this thought. I'm going to think big. I'm setting my mind. You are doing things deliberately and practically to think that way, to think differently. You are confessing it. You are speaking it. You are looking at the pictures around your house. You are looking into the word of God. You are listening to things. You are watching things. You are setting your focus on things that lift you higher, that cause you to think. You know, do you get what I'm saying? That's what the set part is. Now, the, th- the third part is the put off. So while you are trying to do that, then the, your, your, health, your body that is born on the earth, your flesh that is more to the earth will start to try to get you down. We try to get you to start thinking the way you used to think before. And other people that, you know, that are around you, that are not thinking that way, they'll start to try to get you to think. Then that's when you have to start doing the, the, the what do you call it, the cutting off, right? The cutting off and to the putting on. So the, 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 the one, the put means to eliminate. Everybody say eliminate. Everybody say eliminate. That's when you start eliminating some Netflix movies. That's when you start eliminating some YouTube stuff. That's why you start eliminating some news. You start eliminating some things that affect you negatively and let you think you eliminate things off. You start, well, what really generates my anger? The reason why I always have anger, the reason I always have lust is because, you know, there's this particular thing I look at. You start cutting those things off. You start eliminating those things because that's not you. That's not your nature. You want to live the heavenly lifestyle. You want to think the heavenly life. You start cutting things that trigger your thoughts. You start cutting off the triggers, the things that get you into that mode. You start cutting them off. You know, so you start eliminating those things, and then you start putting on a new one, new clothes, Christ, through the meditation of God's word. You start putting on Christ, and then when you start doing that, the final one is allow. Everybody say let. To let means to allow. Everybody say to allow. Everybody say to allow. And you know, to think heavenly thoughts, there's a measure of allowance you have to have. You know, so you have to make allowance. You understand? For heavenly thoughts. And listen, there's no better way to make allowance for heavenly, for you to get into heavenly thoughts than what he talked about there. He talked about what? Appreciation, thanksgiving, and being always filled with the word. You know, let's read that passage again of allow. That's how you just allow it, you know? That one just, you see, there's, there's less struggle because you just find out that, that those things just naturally take over you. Uh, the first one, verse 15. How you let, he said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. The peace of God is already there. Allow it to flow. Right? Just allow the peace of God. Cast your cares on God. Let it begin to flow through you. And then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. And then, so things like listening to teachings. The word. You know, speaking to one another. Small groups. Sharing. You know, meeting with people who think differently. Who think heavenly thoughts will also help you to think heavenly thoughts. Amen. And then, psalms, hymns, songs, playing good music, creating a good atmosphere around yourself, singing, you know, singing and doing all that will allow those things to flow. You know, 
to you. And then the next one says, always giving thanks. Verse 17. Thanksgiving. He said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father to him. So a spirit of praise, appreciation, allowing the word to surround you, being in the atmosphere of the word, will allow, will allow heavenly thoughts to begin to overcome and just dominate your mind. I hope you guys got it today. Were you blessed today? Did you get something actionable? Something that you can work on? Something that is practical? Let's rise up and let's give God some praise today. Let us let the peace of God rule in our minds right now. Wherever you are watching us from, lift up your hands wherever you are and just worship the Lord and just thank Him for access to heavenly living. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.